we share in this idea that education maybe needs to be a little flipped on its head and that it can be done carefully, diligently, and it can also be done dynamically, you know? And I think we're the people to do it, and I'm excited to see how the work grows. Welcome back. Another episode of The Network brought to you by the CAPS Network. I am not Corey Moan. We will talk more about that here in a little bit. Uh, This podcast, as you know, if you've been following for as long as it's been alive, uh, is a place for sharing some big ideas, showcasing excellence in profession-based learning, and highlighting CAPS affiliates across the network. I'm Nate Clayberg. I'm the Director of Business and Industry for the CAPS Network, and I have the pleasure of joining me uh, on this is Allison Colzer-Nelson, the K-12 liaison, uh, our newest member of our CAPS Network. And we're both taking this over today and to talk more about who we are, what we're doing, and and where we're going with the CAPS Network here in 2024. Did I get that mostly correct, Allison? Yeah, that sounds great, Nate. I'm so excited to be here with you today to kind of take the podcast over from Corey for a week. I'm Allison Kelzer-Nelson. I'm the K-12 liaison. And Nate and I are excited to share more about our backgrounds in this episode to kind of dig into what we're going to be doing in our respective roles. So to kick us off, Nate, you have quite the extensive background in CAPS. Um, What career experiences prepared you for your role at CAPS Network? I would say all of it, you know, and going back even to uh, the students that we work with, uh, I guess, directly, indirectly, you know, locally, nationally, whatever, you know, I can think back to my experience as a high schooler, which has been 30 some years ago, um, you know, of, of growing up in Webster City, Iowa uh, at that high school and, you know, thinking about what I wanted to do. Uh, I would even say I was one that was fairly confident in what I was going to do, what my plan was going to be. And I felt like I was the outlier on that. And I felt pretty confident about that, uh, which is ironic because that is not what I ended up doing uh, because if, if, if I would, I'm not sure I would have, maybe I would have taken caps. I, I don't know. Uh, I could have been one of those students out there that we hear of. I don't need caps. I already know what I'm going to do. I, I very well could have been that mouth uh, saying that to my counselor or somebody saying, yeah, I don't want to do it. And I might've been the kid that says, you know, oh, you get out of school. I'll do that. If I don't have to be in school, you know, going back to, to that experience and, um, you know, I, I I can remember being involved in in some business projects. There was one where we we uh, designed a beach towel and playing cards, and we sold them. You know that that was something we did. I think it was a junior achievement or an econ class or something that we did. I remember having fun with that, but I didn't. I don't think I thought much of what that could mean as far as professional skills or how I'd use that experience in that project to to fast forward into any sort of of occupation. But, you know, when I bounced from thinking I wanted to be an astronaut when I was in eighth grade and then realizing math and science was uh, somewhat of a requirement for that to really be acute in that. And I wasn't uh, moving on to broadcasting and then, uh, you know, realizing that uh, I actually wanted to, to be able to earn a living and not just survive. Uh, I, I moved into you know some some sales jobs and fundraising and got into college athletics after grad school in Richmond, Virginia at VCU and 
and into economic development, which I didn't know what any of that was. Uh, but you know, here I am 13 years later, actually 14 years later, uh, when I first got into economic development of working with communities and people and businesses uh, to, to bring me uh, to where I'm at today of working with businesses and communities and education to try and, you know, have, have I guess, have better people. So, you know, there's a lot of experiences along the way uh, of, of times and places I'm like, I didn't know that was a job or why am I in this job? I need to find a different job or uh, learn how to do some new skill sets, meet some new people. You know, I, I use those pieces, Allison, I guess, from the last many, many years to try and see how can we support our, our colleagues here at the CAPS Network organization, but also all of our affiliates and instructors and, and students that are involved in it. I love that you took the long view because for those of us that have been around profession-based learning, a lot of our listeners, of course, know the ins and outs, know that it could have changed a lot of our education experiences had we been able to participate in CAPS. And I think that's really motivating for all of us is that we want students to have maybe a better experience of building their, their professional skills, exploring their careers before they get to college, because that's not the case for a lot of us. Um, so I think it's really motivating across our internal team, but across the network as well. My career hasn't been quite as long as yours. It's not a dig. Um, but oh, there's, I, a, uh, there's a little dig in there. There's that's a little right. dig. Yeah, there's a little that's dig. Right. <laughs> there's a, a good part of being fresh in my career. And then, you know, there's other parts where I know when it's time for me to sit back and listen. So, but yeah, I, um, I would say if I had to articulate it kind of in a similar way that you did taking the long view, I think I've always been really interested in kind of looking behind and saying, how can I lend a hand up to where I'm at? And I think that my role here and CAPS in general is about that on a grand scale. How are we looking at the next generation of not only the workforce, but citizens, neighbors, colleagues, and how are we, you know, pulling them up to where we're at? Um, I have had a lot of opportunity in my short career to do actually a lot of podcasting and digital media and marketing with small nonprofits really enjoyed that work and I'm excited to share later on in the pod about how I get to do some of that here as well. Um, but primarily, I was hired to help expand CAPS in rural Kansas. And my connection to that is that I grew up in a bedroom community that was rural 15 years ago, is no longer rural, Gardner, Kansas. And that really shaped my upbringing in a way. And I'm really excited to use that perspective in my role here at CAPS. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention, though, related to how specific experiences have prepared me is that I've just come out of a role with an organization here in Kansas City called Casey STEM Alliance, where I was in charge of um, large student events, where we did um, connections with professionals, especially in the engineering and biomedical sciences fields. And I just saw how impactful that one day or two day experience that we would offer was. And so to know that I'm now in a program where those types of experiences are embedded into the daily activity of a CAP students just makes me so excited um, to be a part of it. To be honest, I'm still learning about what it looks like across the network. One thing I know is that it doesn't look the same um, at you know any given school, and that's part of the beauty of it. 
But yeah, I, I think that to summarize, I have event planning, media marketing background, student experience background. And finally, I'm just really passionate about student voice. At CAPS Network, we go where students lead. And I think that that really summarizes it because I think we should constantly be asking the students what they want out of this experience. Who are we to stand up here, you know, and say, I think you should do this. I think you should do that, which is what education looks like often. Um, So I love that CAPS disrupts that and allows for a student to take control of their own journey and explore their career the way that they want to. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of, you know, the phrase that we hear and, and, and Corey has said, and we've heard it time and time again, just what you said of going where students lead. And, and I can be honest with you when in my time coming up until this last July of being a part of the Cedar Falls, Iowa CAPS program and helping to evolve that into the Cedar Valley region of Northeast Iowa and helping launch into Northwest Iowa, you know, I, I would always, I'm like, I would always, I would have these questions on. So it's not that we're letting students just lead everything, right? You know, but it's how you hear that and and what direction you take with it when you're looking at where do students, you know, go where students lead. And I always say, sometimes they don't even know where they're going. You know, they don't know where they want to lead. But I think what I've now come back to appreciate and try and drive home with, you know, our core values and and uh, when you look at cornerstones that different programs have or um, the core values, things like that, you know, that's what CAPS does is help the student create those skill sets, gain exposure, build their networks, and give them opportunities to then be able to then lead. And, you know, it's uh, it's an opportunity that um, people I don't think think about, you know, that, oh, we'll just, I don't think anybody thinks about it until they have to make a decision when they're in college or beyond that, you know, they're going to figure out what skill sets oh, I got to learn this now with this job. Um, Cause it's, it maybe seems too far away uh, down the line. Uh, but, you know, as you said, each of our CAPS programs, the 104 now that we have uh, across the country, around the world, each one of them is, is different. Some are, are more alike than others and in, in way they are, are put together, but, you know, going where students lead, you know, it's a mantra that that's where we want to get them to be there. And th- it'd be good to have Corey on this as it might be a whole nother podcast, Allison, to have uh, uh, let's just talk about where students lead and see where that goes. I love that idea, Nate. We'll have to plug in the big man, Corey, on that. I think, you know, you were just hitting on our growing network, 104 affiliates. It looks different in each place. Um And a part of the beauty of our network is that we are also connecting the dots. We're connecting affiliates from across the network to learn from one another. Um, And we're also supporting them as CAPS Network. So I'd like to ask you, Nate, what is your role at CAPS Network beyond the title? If you can explain, I know it's evolving and transforming, but if you want to explain what your role is at CAPS Network and then specifically mention how you support our affiliates. Sure. I'm, I'm going to say something about titles first. So there, you know, once upon a time in my career, uh, or in my careers, I guess, or career of working, you know, you're shooting for that title. You know, you want to be the president or the general manager or the this or that or whatever, assistant athletic director. I strive to be that one time, uh, and I was there. And then you get there and you're like, oh, this is it. Uh, you know, titles are free. Um, you know, but the experience and 
the trust that comes along that and the work that you get to do, that's that's what the work's really all about. So, you know, people ask me what my title is and it's business and industry director, or I've heard uh, director of business and industry, or I've heard relationship director or business liaison or whatever you want to call it. But what it comes down to is when you say profession-based learning, and that's, you know, that's our sec, that's our first core value of, of, of CAPS networks and our affiliates. It's how are we, how are we connecting the business community, you know, the outside of education community into the learning that our affiliates have with their programs and their students to then have that client connected learning, career connected learning, business connected learning, that it's not just from a textbook. It's not just from the core standards in each state or policies from each district. You know, in, in my time and in, in now this, I guess, nonprofit world of education nonprofits in the last six months and have become fully aware of many other organizations that are trying to change and evolve education or do it differently. I don't hear many talk about what I just talked about of how they're integrating business into education with networking and projects and mentor. You'll hear mentorship um, and maybe internship. You'll hear that word too, but workforce is the key thing. So my background over the last 13 years has been economic development. So, you know, that. You know, like I said, works with businesses and communities and, and workforce is a key thing that I, I noticed about 12 years ago when we we identified this shortage of workers happening uh, because the boomers were retiring and there was this window of opportunities coming open and they're like, OK, where's the next generation? And you look around and the next generation isn't thinking about those jobs or thinking about different pathways and things like that. And we're going to see what that impact has on business and community. And CAPS, as it turns out, as we saw, as I saw in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and it happens across the country, is, is that is, has become that answer to integrate education and business together to try and develop uh, a better, I, I don't like, I don't necessarily like to call them worker uh, or employee, but uh, I guess the citizen that's going to contribute to society and uh, I guess when it comes to commerce or capitalism or whatever one you want to get, you know, that's what our country is is on is we've got people working in business or having business that are selling things, working things, fixing things or whatever for, for dollars that then cycle in your communities. And um, CAPS can do that because we are exposing these opportunities, just like I talked about jobs I didn't know about. And Allison, you know, there's jobs you've gotten into or been around. You're like, I didn't know that was a job. Well, that's that's what CAPS can do and knowing it's happening in your community. So, um, so there's a lot of value in, in what that is. There is. There's so much value in it. And it makes me think about, you know, when you're saying you don't want to call them, you know, worker and employee, it's because it's it's hard to find the right word for it because it does really involve the whole person, right? Because there's social emotional learning that happens. There's profession-based skills that are happening. And just the ability and trust that a lot of CAP students have to do things that are outside the box, outside of a traditional classroom that I think empowers them and gets them ready for the world in a way that maybe other programs aren't. Um, you mentioned this too, but there's a tremendous value that it has for the, com for the community and for the businesses as well. Um, could you share an example of how you've supported our affiliates? Like, 
if they're looking for a business partner or if they're just looking to understand how to engage business. I know you're still early on, but in your prior role, you did a lot of this. So I think it'd be good to hear an example. You know, it's a newly created position that came up just like yours was uh, as we're growing from, you know, two and a half from Corey and and uh, and and Elisa and and Jennifer uh, to you and I, uh, just because we've had some support and and some some uh, some dollars and funding that came through to to help push this along, but there are companies out there that I think have an interest. I know we have some that have an interest in working with these types of programs, particularly a Black and Beach in the Overland Park area that has been embedded with Blue Valley Caps for over a decade. Um, you know, they've got a, they've got a challenge to us as a network that they've got 87 other locations across the country and we've got 101 other locations across the country and where do they overlap? So that's kind of been a big thing that I've worked on here is, is integrating, um, those offices, particular ones we identified in St. Louis area, in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area, in the Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix area next will be Denver and Dallas and, and potentially into Chicago. but. I, I guess we're making progress in St. Louis and also in Phoenix and in Minneapolis particular, building these relationships, making the connection. And that's the role that I'm in is making those connections from the business community back into our education community. Uh, and that seems to be, I sometimes call it my superpower that I can be that translator of of bringing them together to understand both sides of it. Uh, but the next thing comes in of how do we find other businesses that aren't already engaged uh, with caps to then become more engaged. And it's not just about, you know, looking for company money or corporate money to support the caps nonprofit. But I always talk about handshakes when it comes to business relationships uh, with caps and the caps network and the programs is, yeah, there might be some financial support or offering resource when it comes to equipment or personnel or facilities. But what are we doing to give back to that? You know, from the education standpoint, in, in adding value, and that's what I always say is that term value of where can we support you when it comes to, um, you know, that, you know, if you're going to offer up a, a facility or projects or dollars, you know, we want to make sure that we can also put the education piece on it, that we're exposing that company of what they do, how they do it, uh, who they hire uh, from the workforce and in, in front of them as well. Um, you know, it's when in Cedar Falls, we did not ask for dollars for many years, uh, cause we wanted access to their people, their projects and their place. And when you got that, you can start proving your model that, that you're actually having an impact and working on projects and, and you've got, uh, professionals coming in and supporting mock interviews or mentorship or sitting on panels, they see what caps is and then it evolves into, okay, what else can we do together? And who else can I get you connected to? So, you know, it's making the connections. And, you know, I always talk about my virtual Rolodex of people that I have and and these network circles of people that I've met along the way in different careers and different aspects that, you know, somebody's saying, do you know, you know, do you know a data scientist in the manufacturing world? Okay, give me a minute. Let me see if I can make a connection and, and where that can go or companies that, We've got affiliates in the Northeast or Southwest or whatever that we can line up more because we're we're in need of more projects or exposing to jobs. You know, that's that's where I uh, get a high is is trying to make those connections. And when that comes through, 
and there's progress and everybody's satisfied and sees the value of both sides, you know, that's 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 where I'm trying to get to. But, you know, this role continues to evolve uh, as as your role will as you head out to uh, to rural Kansas to make some of those connections, too. hundred percent. Yeah, you're really looking at the sweet spot there. And I think with an organization as young as ours, it's just natural that our roles are going to continue to evolve. We're a small but mighty team. Um, I just came on in November, happy to be here in 2024 as the K-12 liaison. I technically work directly with our K-12 director, Elisa Morris, who is currently on maternity leave. And a big part of that is still coming into fruition, but we will be working together to do some direct support and onboarding to new affiliates, especially those in rural Kansas that we are targeting, that we are actively looking at recruiting and getting the word out to early on. The primary objective of our rural initiative is to identify and collaborate with communities in rural America that are sharing in this vision that we all really care about of providing high school students with these authentic real world experiences that are directly connected to professionals in various fields. Our organization is committed to subsidizing the cost of the affiliation for selected school districts, and we're going to be offering dedicated resources and providing consulting services to facilitate the seamless integration of the CAPS framework and programming into the districts that want to participate and that are a good fit. So what does that look like? You know, I am on the front end of this work. Um, I have a ton of outreach I'm doing right now. Um, I'm working with a wonderful organization here uh, local to the state of Kansas called Network Kansas that does a bunch of entrepreneurship work with what they call e-communities in the state of Kansas in six different territories. So I'm kind of approaching it region by region. Um, we did, and I'd love to highlight this, this kind of in combination with sharing a cap story that's really powerful. It was the sec my, I think my third day, I accompanied Elisa to a launch of a client connected project with the global business students at Blue Valley Caps. And they did a data analysis project for us of the 105 counties in the state of Kansas to determine a few different factors for us, to map it, to visually share with us. And they did a phenomenal job. And they really supplied our organization with a huge asset and saved me personally a ton of research and groundwork and time. And that right there is the power of CAPS. Not only did these students get to practice their skills in Excel, they ended up having to do some qualitative research as well um, by collecting links and information from websites, but also by calling folks in the communities. And then finally, they had to present to us and they did a wonderful job. Janet Graham is the teacher there. I'll give her a shout out because it was incredible to work with her. And again, just provided our organization with a wonderful asset for me to then take into 2024 and make those connections um, in real time. So I'm going to be on the road. I'm looking to spread the good word about CAPS, looking to get affiliates signed up, hopefully get my goal is to get some of them to come and see the crazy, wonderful things that are happening at Summer Huddle as kind of an entryway into their on-ramp of implementing uh, CAPS at their district. I also wanted to mention that, you know, because we're a small team, I also am working on stuff like our newsletter, 
Um, and the other big thing that I am working on that directly impacts our affiliates is our student media agency. Try to keep this brief because I've been talking for a minute here. But our student media agency is run by CAPS Network, myself and a consultant that we have. And we are combining our skill sets and our backgrounds as professionals in digital media to bring in a group of students across the network that are either in a digital media or marketing strand or are just looking for a career exploration experience of what it's like to maybe learn a little bit about social media management, do some video editing, some graphic design. We're honoring and looking at the full spectrum of student experience here. Some of them may have no experience at all. Some of them may be more seasoned. And it'll be my job to help guide the ship and make sure that wherever they're coming in, they're leveling up their skill set. Um, I'm really excited about that. We're launching at the end of January. We're going to be using Slack as our main mode of communication. So any directors that are listening, I will be sending out some more information about this. But we would love to have um, some of your students join us. Finally, the big opportunity here with the student media agency is to get students to collaborate with other cappers across the network, which we just think is such a cool opportunity. So feel free to reach out about any and all of the above that Allison can support you with. But Nate and Elisa and Corey were all um, wearing different hats. So there's not a wrong person to reach out to at CAPS Network, I should say. We'll be happy to help and point you in the right direction, no matter what your question is. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm just going to piggyback on just what you just said about, you know, there's all of us, the resources we have now uh, at the network when it comes to time uh, as the biggest thing of being able to get out and see existing affiliates and partners and being able to meet with potential affiliates and partners is something when you looked at uh, Corey and Elisa's schedule, the last 18 months, really, if not two years, as as caps really took off so you know right now 104 programs i think we just added one in, in missouri and colorado and it continues to evolve of what's going to happen in kansas what's going to happen in other places that people started hearing about caps you know two or three years ago and i would feel like even since i, I guess coming out of the pandemic it seems to where it's really taken off and getting uh, invited to speak at conferences and present at conferences and being embedded with some circles with some pretty big players in the education uh, evolution industry, if you will, uh, either at the higher ed level or nonprofit level or or wherever, that took some time to try and, okay, uh, let's, let's see where we fit into this. And I guess Corey and Elisa might say, uh, we, we never lost sight of our affiliates, but we're going to make up for that twofold, threefold here in the next year in 2024 to get out and see more of these affiliates uh, that maybe haven't seen us for a while or some of the new ones and and also try and see how we can help them get better. Uh, when I look at you talking about your travel schedule of getting out to Kansas and and meeting those people, you know, I get to get, to, I, and, you know, as we said, we're early January recording this, you know, I'll be in Minneapolis uh, next week seeing programs up there and our Black and Beach office and, you know, then getting out to get to to visit our affiliates in Phoenix and Black and Beach people out there. Uh, I get to speak at an ACTE conference in Milwaukee. Corey and I will be at, at the South by Southwest Ed Conference to try and spread the gospel that is CAPS and, and see how many more followers we can bring along that when I get embedded in it, 
uh, ASU GSV, which is an education tech conference in San Diego. We're going to be a part of that. You know, these are all things that I'm talking about. Some of these conferences we've now in the last couple of years, CAPS has the credibility uh, to get invited to some of these things and even speak on them uh, that we get to talk about all the fun things and cool things that our CAPS partners and affiliates and students and instructors all get to be a part of. I'll get to culminate all back into our summer huddle that you talked a little bit about. And maybe you want to plant some more seeds when we all circle back into Kansas City uh, here coming up at the end of June. I feel like this episode is going to serve as such a great marker in time. Like it's January. We have goals. We have milestones, things that we're going to be doing in the next six months that, you know, this conversation will live on to show us what did we not know, but also how well did we do is what I think it's going to be because there's, there's a lot of traction and there's just an, a shared enthusiasm on the team about this work that we're doing. And I wanted to ask you about this, but I think that we'll probably have to kind of land the plane. We went here. off script. We went off script yeah, a little bit. That's okay. That's, that's a good podcast can do that. I was just talking about our shared enthusiasm for the work that we do. One of our questions was going to be about like, why, why did you want to work here? And that's it. You know, we share in this idea that education maybe needs to be a little flipped on its head and that it can be done carefully, diligently, and it can also be done dynamically, you know, and I think we're the people to do it. And I'm excited to see how the work grows. I've never been to summer huddle, Nate. So I don't know if I'm the right person to speak on it, but I know that it's our it's our one uh, once a year professional learning conference that we host as CAPS Network to bring together our affiliates across the network to do workshops, to do team building, to do networking, obviously. And this year it's in Kansas City, which is really exciting for us. Nate, what else would you add about summer huddle? You know, it's a chance for all of us to get together doing some of the same work. And I think the cool thing is you're bringing people in that maybe are new to CAPS or, or just kicking the tires and they get to meet the people. And that's what the network's really all about is, is the people that are doing this work and, and moving the moving the needle, as you say, or, uh, or now we're at the point of we're near the tipping point or the tipping point is near, uh, as, as Corey Mon would say. Uh, and the summer huddle is, is a catalyst to try and, uh, flick that uh, that that next domino to help make things fall and and move momentum forward. But we'll have more information on our website and our newsletters and our social media, uh, inviting not just members of the Caps Network, but it is open to many that just want to experience profession based learning and really be a part of uh, people that are doing some really cool things. Well said, Nate. I'm excited for my first summer huddle. I know that it's going to be everything I want and more. And I'm just excited. It's going to be the first time I'm going to get to meet many of our affiliates in person. So I look forward to that. We've got some incredible episodes lined up for 2024, but we want to welcome you to reach out. You know, if you have a big idea or a project you're working on that you want to share with the network, this podcast is a great place to do that. You can reach out to myself, Nate, or Corey. We'll soon, as Nate mentioned, we'll soon be putting out a call for workshops for our summer huddle. To stay up to date with us, get on our newsletter. You can do that easily by visiting our website at yourcapsnetwork.org. Nate already said it, but Corey always ends the episode by saying the tipping point is near. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.